millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe know all there is to know from masterpieces to deep fried tacos. And if the movie sucks, you might hear them say, There's no telling where the guys will take you. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice, cause we're already. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 622, Disney Pixar's The Soul. I don't think, is there the? I, No, there's not, but oh, I like okay. to add those when they aren't there and forget them when they are. <laughs> the Real Spoilers. Yes. Yeah. The Fast and Furious, or Fast and the Furious. <laughs> All of the Furiouses. A fast. I mean, you know, the original Fast and Furious did have a the in it, yeah. though. I know. I'm so. old. That's why it confuses me. <laughs> I'm so old that I remember A fast and and furious. <laughs> and or. Yeah. And fast or furious, which is exactly how I would expect Vin Diesel to use grammar. That's correct. Yeah. Well, so I guess uh, let's uh, go around the virtual table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Uh, quick shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us while you're there. Be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash real spoilers, where for, uh, no, you don't have to pay for that one. Sorry, I'm half asleep. <laughs> I worked last night. Uh, <laughs> so where was that? I mean, Facebook? you can if you want. Facebook.com. Slash real spoilers. Uh, while you're there, like the page, join the group. The group is called the League of Show Sharers because uh, one of the easiest and freestest things you can do to help the show is to share an episode uh, on your social media channel. So people who were kind enough to share an episode this week, Librarian Cynthia, Julianne Jordan, Travis Tewitt, Matt Reedy, uh, Ron Johnson, Ralph Tribble, Chris Williams, Alex Carlo, Gabriel Lugo, Laura Conley Quiddick, Chris Sanders, Pat Andy, Tammy Sherman Powers, Jason Weesey, Chris Falls, Carl Clarkson, Chris Magic Man, and then moving over to the Twitter sphere, uh, Nerd Revert, The Movie Journey Podcast, Corey Tatum, 
Ronnie Castle in session film, uh, Reviews Beyond Time, Invasion of the Remake, Michael Dean, Ryan Terry uh, from the Forza Crowd podcast, Dan Buffa, uh, Colby Mack, Feelin' Film, and Rosa at Latinx Lens. So thank you very much for sharing the show. And of course, if uh, you'd like a way to help us out that isn't free, we'd like that too. It's called Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and uh you just help us out in case uh, it's a little rainy day fun for whenever the computer craps out and some sometimes people <laughs> even get a free comic from joe that's right seven bucks and you get a free comic book from me from my oh. own collection woohoo <laughs> not saying it's anything good no cherry pop tarts yeah no those are those are signed sealed and delivered yeah he has those bagged and boarded for an entirely yeah. different reason. Yeah, they got to protect them. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we have another Blu-ray giveaway. How about that? Woo. Yeah, we're moving on up. Kevin wrangled another one for us. So we're uh, yeah. giving away uh, a copy of Love and Monsters. Dylan O'Brien stars. It's out now on Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD. Certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, this fun-filled adventure delivers epic action and laughs as a young man makes a dangerous journey in a monster-infested world to be with the girl of his dreams. Own Love and Monsters now on Blu-ray, 4K, and digital. Rated PG-13. It's from Paramount Pictures, you'll know, because there's a mountain at the beginning. Kevin, how do they win that? (laughs) Uh, All you have to do is go and uh, comment on social media. So we'll have a post up on Facebook and on Twitter. And so you just reply with why you want to see the movie. It's that simple. And I believe we have five of these Blu-rays to give away. We'll mail them to you. So uh, very simple. And I've heard good things about this movie. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard that it's a lot of fun. Uh, And uh, as Tom mentioned, it stars Dylan O'Brien, who uh, I think he was in the Maze Runner. He was was the main character. He's the reason the Maze Runner 2 got delayed. the maze or the hurt. runner? <laughs> he was the runner. So in this, is he love or a monster? Uh, it's well, you have to watch. Question. <laughs> love is a monster. <laughs> ah, there you Sorry. go. This is spoiler. Real spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> we only, you know, we only do that on an episode centered on the movie, so we're Whoops. not going to spoil that one. You'll have to watch <laughs> to find out. But uh, yeah, he was in. I think it was the third Maze Runner movie, and he, he got, was in all of them. He's the main character in all of them. Yeah, he's the maze. We are, no, no, sorry, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, no, he's but the runner. but I oh, think. I mean, I think the third one is one he got injured on. Right, or it was the third of the fourth. And, oh, oh, oh. Uh, they just didn't they didn't continue with it after that. <laughs> yeah, they're like, nah, never mind. So uh, anyway, but I've heard a lot of good things. I think our our friend Aaron over at Feeling Film he saw it and said how fun the movie was. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I would like to. So uh, maybe I'll enter the contest. Can I enter the contest? No, too? you cannot. That's oh, not, no. dang it! That's not how contests work. Oh, I'll just have to buy it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's the Brad Hyen rule <laughs> <laughs> contests. <laughs> So anyway, uh, but yeah, just enter the contest, leave a comment. Um, I've like I said, I've heard it's a fun movie, so I'm looking forward to watching it. Awesome. Anyway, there's all that. Let's dig into Disney Pixar's Soul. I gotta like, I can't. <laughs> just when you think well they've reached, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, there's just wow. an audio based medium, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just when you think they've that Disney and Pixar have, or I guess Pixar at this point have reached the tippy top of what they're going to be able to do. Visually and storytelling wise, they top themselves again. Yeah. And this is absolutely phenomenal. Like, I don't, from a psychological aspect, mm-hmm. from a spiritual aspect, which I'm not, but this, it definitely delves into that world. It does a really good job of, of talking about, like, some existential 
questions and issues without really stepping on the toes of the religious, which can yeah. be a delicate dance. Big time. Because some yeah, of them time. are crazy. <laughs> some of them? I said Yikes. some. That's like true. the flying spaghetti monster. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I will say I, I have I've two two quibbles with the movie. Um, I, I liked it. It's wonderful. But I have, I have two quibbles. One is, um, like, I'm a little emotionally exhausted by Pixar at this point. Makes like, sense. Like, Complete I, like, sense. Can we just have something fun? You know what I mean? Like, not, I feel not, like that's the Disney stuff, though. The yeah, Disney like stuff it, is the fun stuff. But it's like I wish I'd get something just flat out fun from them again. Yeah. Like I feel like it's been a bit, and well, even though they've yeah. been good, like I like I'm. I'm what do you I, think the last fun quote unquote fun one was? Oh man, I, I mean Dory. Yeah, that's a good point. Probably. I mean, they still deal that also with gets you with a, a gut punch. Her is, losing I guess parents it's not, and stuff. It's still, yeah, but, I mean, but it's not like the whole movie's based around the working emotions and what happens when you die. Or, yeah, Bill you know. Bong doesn't kill himself so that yeah. uh, Joy can make it <laughs> right, through. Right? Yeah, like that's you know, and so like I, and and then before that, I don't even know. No, I honestly don't know. Yeah, like they and, they have I, definitely. And they've always had emotional gut punches in their movies, even like the fun ones, like to- like you know, quote unquote, like Toy Story, right? And that's part of what makes them stick with you. So like, I'm not, I'm not doubting it. It's just, it, it's just like I feel like we've had a lot of like meaning of life type movies out of mm-hmm. Pixar in in a row, and I'm like, right, and that, and it's and so. That, you know, so Coco, I if, I, Coco I, well, was all about the afterlife. It's just from a different um, cultural perspective, but right. that whole movie was. A, I mean, that whole thing is about. I wonder if they have upped their complexity because the people who are watching these movies have grown up. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the people who the Toy people Story who started. Kids, who, yeah. Well, not even Toy Story kids, but the people who start like the kids who started at Finding Dory are now old enough you at this point Nemo? to. No, well, when was Finding Dory? Like a year ago, yeah, like two or it three. Was years ago, maybe. oh my god, yeah. what yeah. year are we in? Twenty twenty one. Good yeah. lord. Okay, yeah, Finding Nemo is a, is a good example yeah. where those kids are now teenagers, and you know maybe they have questions about stuff, and they can handle more complex stories. But they've always so had that element to their stories. I mean, they. I mean, Toy Story comes out of the gate, even though it's. A, I a, guess that's true. A silly movie about toys. I mean, it always kind of had that. You know that existential angle, which is what make I th- a lot of what makes them stand the test of time. So, like, I'm not trying to, to, to you know, to take a dump on it. It's just like, but it would be like, can we get the other kind too? How about that? You know? Yeah, um, but from my like from my perspective, and I, when I wrote the review on ReviewSTL.com, the the actual written review, which yes, there's, there's those still exist as well. <laughs> I I questioned my review too. I said at this point, you just have to stop and ask: Are these movies even for kids anymore? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing about this movie that says a kid can't watch it. But when you're going through this film, which I thought was excellent, I absolutely loved the movie. Watched it twice. Watched it two and a half times because I fell asleep the third, but just put it on to kind of get a refresher. I. It's there's there's nothing that would deter kids. There's nothing that offensive in it, but it also has some very heavy subject matter, right. and it isn't maybe as playful as some of the old Pixar stuff or um, 
or a lot of the Disney stuff and, and especially not as fast paced and crazy as a lot of kids cartoons are now. And so it just doesn't seem like kids are the target audience while they can surely enjoy it right. as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree. And I, and I think, Joe, you made a good point. Made, I think it was you that about uh, I can't keep you, the two of you straight. Um, <laughs> We're like that meme. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, about that, like it's kind of become that the Disney featured animation is the more fun end of the pool where you know where Pixar oh. is is the more uh um you know have a seat on the couch tell me about your mother end of the pool Jeez, yeah. well you know that uh, that's true because i just realized was onward pixar too yeah Jeez, yep. and that's i mean that gets deep with family <laughs> yeah. oh, and yeah, brother and time. fathers and losing loss i mean yeah it's it's i mean and onward is a blast onward's so much fun i love that movie as well because i mean you know and again being adults it's like we're we're going to be able to understand the material more. So just because they tackle that stuff doesn't mean there's not a lot of fun, really creative adventure type stuff, but it still is broaching that really complicated, deep subject matter. Not really complicated, but still like deeper than kids movies used to be. Right. And so that's interesting to think about. I forgot because 2020 was such a cluster. Right. That that was uh, that we got soul and onward. It's almost like the forgotten Pixar movie. When was onward? Like February, March. February. It, it came oh, out Lord. because it came out the, like right before the pandemic kind of took over. Because as it was coming out, people were like, "Should we still be doing this?" And then, oh. like, the, I think in its second weekend is when everybody kind of went, "No, we shouldn't be doing this." And and then they put it, and then they they put it on, uh, they put it on Disney Plus oh, way right. early. Yep, yep, yep. That's no, right. they put it on oh, VOD not, they, they, first. Uh, VOD. VOD. Plus wasn't. Yeah. Well, Plus was out, right? When did Plus mm, start? I don't think it was out yet. Plus came out like right as the pandemic was ramping up. I don't think it was out yet because I feel like they would have maybe launched it No, no, it no. That, it was definitely out yet because I because because Anna Kendrick had that knockoff of Elf movie last Christmas. So it's been okay. around for over a year or there wouldn't have been a Christmas movie. Oh, wow. I guess maybe at that point. Oh, well, but that's true because the pandemic was just starting. So I guess they didn't quite have the, oh, should we just, you know, put right. it over did they, on. Did they launch it with Onward? I, I no, because Onward was on VOD first and then it went to. Is that what they did? Yeah, because I bought I it see that in for $20. <laughs> That's why I remember oh, it. Because, okay, so so <laughs> it came out, I think, in February. And so I saw it in the theaters. And, of course, like, and I've been really locked down and you know adhering to the quarantines and stuff so if i went to the theater to see it yeah that's it was true. people weren't that's why i thought i took bella to see it for sure yeah and people weren't not go like they weren't not going yet because i was there and didn't think twice about it yeah but then but then all that stuff happened and it was really unfortunate because the movie was really good and you know the new pixar movie and then it was like oh it just came out but now people aren't going to the theaters and so they were like well we'll just fast track it to vod that way people can still see it and then it was still that a, was the whole amc thing thing amc got what this this no, is how that trolls whole... oh was it trolls because <laughs> trolls just skip completely trolls oh that's right that's right. that's right that's right so so it was twenty dollars and what was really cool about that was that it was not a twenty dollar rental they let you own it for that price which was really cool because most of the premium vod stuff that would come after soon thereafter was uh, just a rental fee so onward was cool because i'm like well i loved this movie i'm like 20 bucks and i can just watch it already and own it and watch as much as i want i'm like that's i mean having seen it i'm like that's great 
But anyway, yeah, the year is set being February of 2020 seems like a decade ago. Yeah, and I think the the movie opened soft anyway, and people were like, you know, is this the pandemic? Are people just not responding to this movie? And then, and and the reviews, like, I liked it, but I didn't love it, and so it didn't it didn't crush it in quite the same way that some past Pixar movies had. And so, but then the whole, like, what does this mean for Pixar conversation just kind of got swallowed up because of the pandemic. Yeah. And then they come out with this and then they come out with this, you know, it's like, Oh, we're back on track. Okay. But yeah, I mean, all the things that you guys said are not untrue, uh, you know, about the subject matters and everything. But yeah, I really, I really loved this movie. I thought uh, I thought it was very clever, very inventive. And when you think about that, the last film that Pete Doctor directed was Inside Out. It makes complete I mean, the, sense. The one-two <laughs> punch with examining your emotions, exploring all of that, and, and adolescence and feelings. And then his next question is, "What happens when you die?" It's it's such an interesting double feature. Like it it makes perfect sense, like you said. So I think it's a great. Although pairing. ultimately, it's it's funny because even though it uses that framework work of life after death uh it's really not about that at all like it really it's kind of yeah it's about finding happiness yeah because he because you know the the main character really never even gets past the threshold you know and it's it's really it's it's not really about life after death it's about life during life well sure right yeah that's the you're right that is the crux of it but just the whole fact of like i'm not done yet you know you're living your life and you know are you make sure that while you're alive you're living right and and not to spoil the end of the movie but just you know you know when he says you know and i'm gonna live every moment of it it's it's that is the real lesson of it is make sure that you use your time disagree i think i i think it's got a more important that's absolutely a lesson of the movie Uh, but i i think there's an even more profound lesson that I really enjoyed in this movie, which is like not everybody gets to live their dreams and that's okay. That's a great point because that's a great point. So many of these kids movies are about you can do whatever you want. Hey kids, spoiler alert. You can't like it. And and it's like, does this mean don't try, but it also means adjust your expectations and be willing to, to, um, to, adjust on the fly and realize that maybe the path you wanted to go down and the path you end up going down are two different things, but that's not a bad thing. Right. Like, and so, um, and I, I, mean, I that, it also could mean never give up hope either because for Joe, he stuck with it. He didn't give up. He just, he, oh, did what I was he like, what are you do. talking about? But no, I get it. He did what he had <laughs> to do and he kept with it and he still loved jazz and never just quit playing completely. And then he got his shot and then, you know, he had the opportunity. But I, th- I think I think there's three messages. I think the th- the third message is the thing that you want, you may not like, right? You work yeah. your entire life to get to this one, the pinnacle, and you get there, and it's not what you thought it was going to be. The Johnny Resnick conundrum. Oh, I, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. I've talked yeah. about this before on the show, the Johnny Resnick conundrum. Johnny Resnick, the lead singer of the Goo Goo Dolls. Sorry, he goes by John Resnick now. He's all grown up. Whatever. And, uh, um but like the Goo Goo Dolls started as a heavy metal band. They were signed oh, yeah. to Metal Blade Records, right? I mean they they have a song on the Nightmare on Elm Street 4 soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And uh, right right alongside Dokken, you know. Yeah, rocking with Dokken. Um, or no, Dokken was the second one, Dokken's Dream, Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors, yeah. yeah. But still like that's the what they were going for and then the Goo Goo Dolls become this kind of like light well, they alter- had, I 
Iris hit, right? Iris, Iris was our name was their name. Name yeah. was their breakout song. Iris is the bigger hit. Name was their breakout song. Yeah. Off of a boy called Goo. And uh and but like they become this kind of like it was like then they were kind of shifted and were gonna be an alt rock band and then they kind of became more like adult contemporary a light alt rock slash adult contemporary band. But like that guy, they, that band started as metal. You know, for all of Johnny Resnick's <laughs> singing about Iris and, you know, black Other balloons stuff. and all that, like all all of the, all of these songs that were big hits for them, you know that the dude still loves the metal, right? Oh, like yeah. that's what he, like he started a metal band. You don't start a metal band not loving metal. And so, <laughs> and so now he's this kind of like light rock guy, like. And they've had a hell of a career. Right. And so what do you do when you find out that like what what you're really good at maybe isn't what you love the most or the thing that can can make can sustain you, you know, you and your family and stuff, you know, but you still have this love of this other thing. Now what? You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think that's the advantage of this movie is there's so many different uh messages and lessons that are being taught that are telling you look it's okay right like it's it's okay to fail which is where joe kind of was the entire time in this and, movie but see that but and and but that's the thing i i would argue he didn't fail right i mean like, in his own mind he right he failed because of how he had framed it i'm not yes, a jazz yes. mu- musician so then i failed and but he but he didn't fail, right? Like no. he he found a job that paid well, had good benefits, as his mother liked to remind him, mm-hmm. right? And and it would have vacation time and a four hundred one k or and all you know. I think it's actually four five seven, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and uh, um, you know, had all these things, and and and. But here's the important thing. Here's here's the the to me the great thing. Like he kind of hacked the system because he got all those things. But he still gets to play music every day. He mm-hmm. still gets to share his love of music every day, right? He gets to perform on some level every day. And and like but in his mind, he had framed that as failure and it wasn't failure, right? It's not the version of success he thought he was going to have, but but that is successful. That's that's a really tough thing though. Like it, see this is why these movies get really deep the more that you explore these subjects. So being a teacher, you know, and, and teachers don't get enough credit. They don't get enough money. They're very important to society. They shape the kids that will go on to do things. But it's just Some of that. Them. I don't like I don't buy into this whole sucking teachers <laughs> thing. Like, like, I'm sorry. But like when people are like teachers are angels sent to earth to love our children at like what school did you go to? Because every person I've ever talked to, when you get them off that message that we've been taught to parrot back, has at least five teachers that they want to punch right in the Absolutely. I've got got five for sure. There are just as many douchey, tyrant teachers as there are good ones. And and so, like, this whole, like, teachers are all angels? No. Well, (laughs) yeah, I mean, but in in general, I mean, kids go to school for, you know, whatever, 15 years of their lives, you know, before they go to college or whatnot, and and then they go for more. And some of those are even worse. But they they shape, they shape the children, and that's how they learn and get most of their education, because most, you know, most parents are at work, and they're not doing the homeschool thing. So it's like, you're, you're 
through adolescence and, and your development, it's like teachers are responsible for these kids that then they will go on to do whatever they do. And some of them won't do anything. Some of them will change the world. Some of them will invent Google. Some of them will save lives and be doctor. You know, they'll do all these things. So right. it's like teachers are so important with the things that they do. But I do understand, like from Joe's perspective, that even though he is teaching these kids, that some of them will go on to be musicians. Like clearly the girl in his class has great potential and loves jazz you have curly now who's playing with a famous musician that's calling him up to fill in and he was a former student so you have his students going on to do these great things but that was always his dream and so i totally get the the dual i I get why he would be conflicted i i absolutely get why he would be conflicted i i'm not i'm not saying that i'm just saying that like i think it's it's a good lesson for kids and I, I don't know that they'll really necessarily get it fully but I like to think on some level they will mm-hmm. you know and look, because also let's not forget when we get to the moment when he has his big moment on stage I and, and this is where I don't know if another I honestly I don't know if another animation studio could could pull off the look on his face because it's not dialogue right like I mean it's, no it, you know when he walks out of there high on life and then she's like, basically, see you tomorrow. And he's see like, tomorrow. And he's like, wait, we're like, oh yeah, now it's my job, right? Like now it's my job. I just do it all the time. Oh well, crap! I had a job I did all the time, and I and <laughs> I like that too. And like you know, you you just see all. There's no not one line of dialogue. You just see all of it where he's just like, oh ah. yeah, like I reached the pinnacle, and like, and oh, like yeah, it really didn't change anything about my life. Like I think I, that's what that's what I mean about these about the Pixar stuff is like just yeah. when you think that they can't get any better visually, they hit you with. I mean this this is live action level facial acting, right? Yeah, that, well, and, and it's unbelievable. And the backgrounds, the oh Pixar, yeah, yeah. Every every film improves on the next. They're always working on on things and testing new techniques. And this movie. Uh, you're from scene one when you see joe joe gardner voiced by jamie fox he's a part-time music teacher and when you see him in the classroom and most of the kids are disinterested other than that one girl that i mentioned earlier but you know he's living this kind of just you know he's he's living a day by he he's not i don't think he real quite realizes the impact that he's making on some of these kids he's just right. kind of there to pay the bills it's yeah, society I mean, like, this job is tries just, to, to break into the bustling world of jazz and like that's yes <laughs> that's the other thing like the like, concert promoter well, in me was like i was like um is there a big <laughs> money in jazz like i and I then when maybe I, in like smaller maybe clubs on the coasts well, maybe well even when they show like the uh like this dorothea williams is supposed to be like the dream job right and they sh- you, you see her performing that club holds max 125 people. <laughs> yes, so correct, unless they're correct. paying like $400 each, like you're all walking <laughs> home with like $35. Like there's No, and well the other thing about it too though that we should mention is it's not that this dream isn't to be a rich and famous jazz musician. He loves jazz. He saw the the going back, well forward in the movie but when he was a kid his father who has passed away that now has never gotten to see what he would accomplish did they say if he was a musician or is that just yes something i think well i think he he was a fan he never made it to the big leagues he was just a fan of the music i took it as he was a working musician yeah he was never made it to but like 
but he like never made a, never made a lot of money and was always chasing that dream yes. while the while his while Joe's mother basically paid the bills paid the bills with got with it, her got shop. It, got it. Yeah, Joe's walking in his father's footsteps. He's doing the same thing. He's a musician, and he's middle-aged now. He's a part-time music teacher. He still hasn't made it to the big leagues, and so it's he's it's history repeating itself. But anyway, his dad takes him to watch a jazz musician, and he instantly falls in love with jazz. He saw how this person spoke through, and this story he tells in the beginning to his class, this person spoke through playing the piano, and it was this language that, that he took in and was enamored with and that is when he decided to become a jazz musician and so he's now grown up his entire life loving jazz and wanting to get there and he's never gotten there he's playing gigs on the weekends and nothing major and and so now here he is and his mother is like you've got a chance to get a full-time job that's great it has benefits and you actually get to make money playing your music he goes and he finally gets his big break to uh to play with dorothy williams because curly who is voiced by Questlove, calls him up and says and i you know he's like bald but his name's curly it's a little, <laughs> little pixar you know ironic jokes in there uh, but uh it gives him a call to to you know fill in because someone else just ghosted on him and uh you know he gets to finally the chance to audition with her and uh he he does the thing that he talks about that when he saw that jazz musician where he just escaped to this other world yeah he's, and he, he's a, he he is yeah he his his soul basically goes into this other realm well he was in the zone is what they yeah, how they right, describe right. when you go in the zone you go your soul goes into this extra this just otherworldly place uh and so he finally gets his big break when he uh when she's like wow where you've been all my life or you know or like where where have you been hiding uh and so he gets the gig and uh, uh well real quick though but before we get into this what the whole plot's about one of my main points was back in that very first scene with the classroom when it's kind of dark and you see the sun shining through the window and the shadows and the detail like this level of animation is photorealistic not to the point where it's not enjoyable to look at like wow this is really still like a creative art form because it still has that animated feel to it but the objects and the lighting and everything it is amazing where there were some times where i had to do a double take especially when they're moving around new york and the way yeah. the camera moves where it looks like you're watching almost live action it, yeah pixar yeah i, I agree but they can't blowing. get luke skywalker's face right that's the <laughs> Well, that's yeah. different. Quite a different division, <laughs> no, I, I think. Yeah. Mar- Marvel Television and Pixar uh, right. animation, I don't think, are the same. I don't think I'm, I'm wa- you know, here's the problem they're going to have, though, Kevin. I'm watching them on the same platform. Well, that's yeah. Good point. Yeah. Totally. You know, that's a very good point. You can't have it both ways and tell me that movies are TV, but don't don't expect this TV show to look like a movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> right, right, right. So, and then, so this is where would it finally come, you know, so he finally gets his big break. He gets to play. Dorothy Williams says, come back tonight and we're going to play this show. And he's finally making it with one of the greats. And what happens? But he. What a great Looney Tune style. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> I was thinking the so same thing. good. It's so good. He walks out of there and he's narrowly avoiding death at every turn, which I thought was really fun. Oh, the other thing, too, when you watch it a second time, you love it when they plant those little hints. When he's talking to Curly on the phone, he's like, if I could play with Dorothea Williams, I would die a happy man. 
<laughs> and he dies <laughs> after good. he yeah, does. Right. He didn't play the big show, but he still played with her. Uh, so, yeah, he narrowly avoids death at a construction site, and there's dogs chasing him and all He's, these different he, things. He dodges, like, a whole thing of banana peels. Yeah, goes through traffic <laughs> yeah. and just walks through, you know, as cars whiz around him at every, you know, every lane. And then he's like, oh, whew, that was close, and then turns around and falls right into a manhole. Right, right. And Which then, I think is just, I mean, Looney Tunes written all over it. It was so yeah. good. But, you know, and then this is where I think it's really gets creative. I, I they're the imagination and that's what i think one of the reasons that we've all fallen in love with animation and cartoons to a simpler extent in the past is that you can you know whatever you can imagine you can do and you know you're not limited by real world physics and real world you know creations and then go oh well that doesn't look real or whatever right i mean we live in this animated world and we now have uh you know doctor's vision of what it might be like when when you go to the afterlife and there's the great beyond and the great before and i thought it was so inventive what they did with this and um how you know he's riding this escalator up to the great beyond and everyone's (laughs) just kind of lined up in place and there's young people there's old people he interacts with and you know it just shows you the wide variation of there's people that pass away of all walks of life's ages and and all that and so he's he but he but he's like i just got my big break it's not my time yet i'm not going to give it up when i just started living and so he decides to escape and runs down the escalator and then he falls to the great before we come to find out and it's like the training ground for souls before they head to earth and they're trying to you know finding all of their little bits and pieces that make them who they are yeah and then they finally match up with a body on earth and i i just thought it was a really clever concept i enjoyed seeing all that and i had never thought of you know before people are born or whatnot like how they might get their you know their skill personalities and yeah their purpose in life or I, you know what i really liked uh um how when they're talking about installing personalities like you like it wasn't all cutesy like there yeah. there were there were some some ugly personalities getting installed too right yeah that's a good point sure yeah so he so joe again trying to get back to his body gets kind of gets sucked up um by I just want to call them the keepers, I guess. Like, I don't really think they had any. The Jerry's. Uh, uh, they're counselors, right? N- well, he he becomes a counselor. Like, he got he, he no, grabs a name tag. He's and a mentor. That he's a, no, he's, he's a, a mentor. mentor. They're right, counselors. Right. Yeah, but they're all named Jerry, which I think is great. Except for all, Terry. Like, except for the Terry. <laughs> but Terry's in a different department. Terry's yeah. in a different department, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but there's some there's you know there's a pretty good voice cast. Uh, oh yeah, the the guy from the in the IT crowd. Yeah, there's Richard Aoti. Yeah. Um, is Sagawatiti in here at all? I just assume. No, that, no, I kept doing the same is. thing. Was, <laughs> his accent. friend is from all his movies. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, you have uh, Fortune Feimster. Should I know who that is? She's a comedian. She's, she's a, a comedian. Uh, she had a Netflix special that's pretty good. Uh, okay. Yeah, she's yeah. If you're in the comedy scene, she's you know. And she's it's funny. Those... I watched her Netflix special, and um, and she's a lesbian, and it's it's a very large part of her, of of her comedy, but like. But it's also like her comedy was very, um, uh, at least as I remember it, pretty family friendly. Like it wasn't. Mm. Uh, I thought it was really an interest in interesting thing to see. Like not that you can't be a lesbian and family friendly. It's just normally you don't associate those two things in the world of stand up merging. And so sure. I, I like it was like I'm like oh man this is really cool. Like there's you know I'm like somewhere there's 
there's there's lesbian kids stumbling upon this because it's not inappropriate and being like, oh, hey, that's OK. Like, and she's yeah. got a lot, you know, a lot of a lot of jokes about about growing up lesbian and then kind of figuring it out. And and it, it was it was really funny, but like but wholesome at the same time. Yeah. Her stuff's not real vulgar. Yeah. Uh, West Studi is another one of the Jerry's. Um, you've seen him in a lot of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, there's it's it's really they've got a good uh, voice cast for this film. And I really enjoyed the counselor stuff. I thought it was really funny. Uh, and then he's basically trying to sneak, uh, you know, sneak himself back to his body where he's now in the what they call the great before where it's all these tiny little souls. And mm-hmm. so the way that like they mistake him for a mentor and, uh, you know, come to find out that there are some great mentors, right? So, like, we see all these famous people, like even Mother Teresa and um, who are some of the other ones that – Galileo. <laughs> Albert yeah. Einstein, I think. Muhammad Ali. Yeah. The, wor- Muhammad like, Al- the Muhammad Ali thing irritated me because Muhammad Ali is, the, is quite possibly the easiest impression in the world to do. And right, we, yeah. we got the worst Muhammad Ali it was real bad. It was, I've ever heard in my life. It was really weird, yeah. I thought, I mean, it almost to me where I'm like, is this offensive? Because it just didn't like, seem... Or, or you just go back and like pull a soundbite. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that gets a little yeah. more complicated yeah. with and expensive. rights and pay. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, it's, it sounded nothing like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of strange. But, but yeah, so he gets mistaken as a mentor, which, you know, leads him into this journey where we find out that there's this soul number 22, voiced by Tina Fey, who has been mentored by all these greats, and no one can get a handle on her. Is she just isn't playing ball she isn't really interested in she likes where she's at she's got no interest in in going and getting out of there yeah Yeah, that's kind of an interesting you know when we talk about uh, what is your purpose and people that want to make it you know to the the pinnacle of their career uh, or their aspirations and you know and then fall short and maybe instead of becoming a great jazz musician become a teacher then you have people on the other hand that just are disinterested that have no motivation that yeah. don't know what they want to do and not even people that just don't want to but some people that again finding their purpose don't know what they want and so she's not even keeping really an open mind and once she starts to experience life and see what's out there you know that allows her to kind of figure herself out but it, it, there's so many people and like in my review I wrote there there's something that everyone can relate to in this movie there's something for everyone and i think that they do such a good job covering all those bases and that's what pixar is so good at is they can tap into something that that people surely will find something to relate to yeah for sure so yeah so they they devise this plan where uh do they both they both go back. They well, both she, go- well, she says that I have to, in order to go to Earth, you have to earn all these badges or you know check right, off right, all these right, things. Right, right. And she has not been able to earn hers because she's not you know doing what it takes. None of the mentors can get her to do it. And he's like, well, you don't really care. So how about if I if I can get you like he makes a deal if I can if I can help you earn this, then you give it to me and I'll go to Earth and I'll find my body. And she's right. like, good luck, but okay, sure. And what does he do? He figures it out for her, right? Like they do all of this stuff together, and she gets yeah. her pass eventually. Uh, which I mean, like end of the movie, yeah. <laughs> so right, this right, is that's right. the, my other quibble with the movie okay. is that, um, uh, is, and, and I think Disney or Pixar handles it 
well, all things mm-hmm. considered. It was just for me uh, an awkward narrative decision that okay. they take their first black protagonist and put the voice of a white woman in him for 30% mm. of the movie. And you know, I just, that. I, that, I saw that complaint online and although maybe, I don't know, maybe we're not even the right people to even be able to comment on it, but, but you I know, <laughs> right, right. But well, that's what I'm saying, but people can give that credence if they want or not. But you know, I'll give you my opinion, which I think that we're just in this, we're in this culture now where people are offended by everything. And I think that this is a fun, it's not a white person voicing a black, like it's, you know what I mean? It's not, well, they like, have um, a scene where they show you that like, she's like, I can be anybody. I'm just what your mind is interpreting. And I kind of feel like that was kind of their hedge against that. Right. Cause you don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, but at I the see. end of yeah, the day, yeah, yeah. The, the they still chose to cast Tina Fey. Now, I'm not saying that, and I don't even know that casting a black woman would have been better. Like, it, that might have felt too, like, bending over backward. I don't, I don't even know what the right answer is, but I think it's a fair critique that, like, you know, and, and really what it comes down to is that when you don't have enough representation across things, then when, when you finally do have representation, then that person or character tends to get interpreted as meaning way more than maybe you intended it to mean like taking it out of the realm of this movie. I know that like on the good place, some people would complain some, there were some complaints about the character of, of Jason Mendoza, who I believe was supposed to be Filipino about, cause that, that character was while very likable and very sweet, also very dumb and there aren't a lot of Filipino characters on television. So oh. Filipinos were like, we get a character and he's he's dumb. And it's like where if that had been a white character, he doesn't represent all white people because there's lots of other white people. That's an interesting TV. concept. And I while I definitely understand those complaints, you also then have to step back like that is a valid complaint. And yeah. I totally get that. But then you also have to say that isn't a commentary. He is if you want representation then you're going to have to take the good and the bad with it. As in, if you're going to cast a Filipino actor and the character calls for him to be like that, you can't, if you start making those, you know, squabbles, then it's going to be like, oh, well, maybe we won't do that next time to avoid this. You know, it's like, it's it's a, it's a balancing act for sure. And I mean, I know Denzel Washington for years wouldn't take roles as a villain, right? Like he just wouldn't do it. And because he's just like, I'm like, I'm not going to be another black guy shooting somebody like shooting good people, you know, and right. and when he finally did, he gets an Oscar. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's like I don't even know how to process that. Like he like he, his mindset was like, look, I've gotten to the point in my career where I feel like I can take a role like this without it being a commentary. Right. And or uh, uh, but but then also when he does, he he gets his Oscar. And so it's uh, an well, Oscar I mean, that he should have gotten two times before. Well, and I will say he gets his leading role Oscar. He'd already won, and I believe won supporting. A supporting for yeah. Glory. Glory. But, yeah. um, but but still, like you know, like so I don't know. There's a lot to unpack there. 
Yeah, I just with this with this one, what ends up happening is they they go through. I mean, we're really skipping ahead, but it's fine. Uh, they they end up. Well, meeting, I, we should. I think we should bring up the 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 hippy dippy guy and. Well, that's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. So like they they meet up with. Uh, character voiced by graham norton who i thought was great i mean his show's awesome if you ever watch his youtube clips with the celebrities and everything uh he is uh this sign twirling hippie guy in the real world <laughs> but he is able to tap into uh like he gets into the zone like um joe can with jazz he gets into the zone by twirling his sign which is just really funny like he gets yeah. into the zone and he's able to go into this astral plane this afterlife which type I, thing. I love the idea that one the people that you think are crazy maybe aren't so crazy right and i also <laughs> love the fact that like you know the zone isn't just for for art or for you know, for music or drawing. Yes, or it's whatever you're it's good at. Whatever, whatever your jam you, is. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're pushing carts at the grocery store yeah. or if you're, whatever. And I think that's another great point Pixar makes, that you can be I mean, really great at whatever you do. I was a checker at a grocery store for 10 years, and there were days when I was checking where, like, I was in the zone. Right. And, like, I could, like, I could grab any item in that cart and just, like, it wouldn't matter how I slapped it down. I'd get the scan it and I'd move on. Like, yep. in a, you well, know, dude, if has anyone been to Aldi? Holy yeah. crap. Those people are <laughs> always in the zone. Like, yeah. it's amazing how fast it's they a go. prereq to work as a checker at Aldi is you so must it, be able to enter the zone. I mean, it is seriously <laughs> like they they get counted and timed. So this guy is able to, you know, and he's this like hippieish guy that's able to uh go between the worlds because he's still alive but he actually can understands it and can tap into it and so they task his help to get back to uh well to get joe back to his body right and in the meantime he's being chased down by terry who's the accountant that notices that the count is off and while all the other counselors are, are pretty cool and like just trying to go about their day or whatever terry's sneaking around and he's like no it's off and you know he this soul is supposed to be going the to way the, the way they get him to travel in the real world i thought was amazing it was hilarious because yeah, yeah. because the, <laughs> these characters are all made of like lines they're very right. simple well, looking artwork and there's an old disney short where there's they do a lot of stuff with like the lines moving I oh forget, is that right i forget what it's called but it's very famous and it and it was very reminiscent of that in, yeah that's pretty opinion. cool i know it, it looked familiar to me too i will uh, also say we have yet another uh uh pixar movie without a villain yeah there is no villain there's no villain no like terry just wants the numbers to be right he's not even mean about it (laughs) he's just trying to do his job i like that well that's again terry's very good at what he does remember he even presents himself well she i guess because it's 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 a hard thing because like terry could be a male or female name Uh, non-binary terry is voiced by rachel house who you would know from taika watita movies uh she was jeff goldblum's assistant in thor ragnarok she was in hunt for the wilder people uh she's the voice of uh uh in moana the grandma um she's done a lot of voice work and, and been in a lot of Disney stuff. Gotcha. And, uh, but she, she's great in this movie. I think Terry's a hilarious character, Terry's but, great. but again, it's like Terry is, is the best at what Terry does. They, right. they're an accountant and they get every single number right. And they're never off. And as soon as they are, uh, Terry is tasked with, well, tasks themselves with, uh, hunting down, you know, that, that missing that number straight and, number. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, it's a really fun character, but you're right. Terry isn't a villain. They're doing their job and they're the best at what they do. I also and didn't realize Terry was voiced by a, by a woman. I didn't realize that either. That's yeah. the thing. That's why it's, it's <laughs> kind of confusing, but I think also smart, you know, like all the Jerry's have the same name, but they're voiced by male and female. Yeah. 
Terry has a voice that I think. Well, would you I, know? I've known women that go by Jerry, like Geraldine, but they go by Jerry. Well, sure, sure, yeah. sure. That's what I mean, though. Like, but the J E R R Y. You don't necessarily think of it as uh, as a gender neutral name, but it can be. Sure. If you if you if you stop and think about it. Yeah, and I think that's what's smart is that each division has their different counselors or accountants or whatever, and then male or female, but they have that binary name. Um, but I think like when I first watched it, and before I realized that it um, was Rachel House. I also didn't know if the, the, you know who the actor was, but I think once you watch it again and you know it's Rachel House, you can then hear that it's oh, her. Sure, and sure, sure. It's just it's it, but I think that's also very cool how they play that where it's like, well, it's Terry, that's who they are. They're Terry and they're whatever. I guess you could apply whatever you want to the character. I think and, non-binary. I think yeah, she, they, she's just she's they them. That's I what guess. I'm saying. They're Terry. Yeah. That's the thing. Um so anyway, that is very fun though as Terry tasks uh, themselves with hunting down Joe and you know getting everything in check and I mean if you think about it Joe's more the bad guy than Terry is kind of Joe, Joe died he's supposed to die That's... well did he die though because he's still in that hospital bed well no he did oh die, he would have he... died had he gone to the great yes beyond. he was right 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 yeah. okay he only is alive because he escaped so right 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 uh, anyway so you get all that fun stuff but uh, we'll... so what they do is they base they they do like a ritual and oh, yeah, yeah. they both. Uh, the, 22 and Joe fall into the hole thinking, you know, whatever. But what happens, unfortunately, is there's like a therapy cat sitting on <laughs> Joe's lap in the real world. And he wakes up and he's looking at himself and we realize we've got a body switch movie, which I don't think they ever show you in the trailer. I did. I, I don't mean, think there's any there's no hints at all at this part of the movie. I didn't that, watch the trailer, but I also didn't hear or know anything about that part of it so i'm like oh there's a cat in this movie oh he goes into a cat's body uh and then looking at the posters i'm like oh there's a cat but i never realized no but this is the part where okay so they swap body well not really swap bodies but she goes in joe's body right joe swaps bodies with the cat which i have some questions about because it's where does the cat go this movie blank this movie came out the same wonder woman have sex with the cat yes (laughs) i'm sorry i don't know the answer to that but this movie came out the same day as wonder woman and i thought we were going to talk about both in the same day and so i thought it was really funny having watched them back to back i'm like these both have body swapping soul <laughs> movies and there's questions of where does the soul go or what, you know? So, or, um, or maybe they're saying that cats don't have souls. No, he just went possible. up the escalator. We saw it. He does have a soul. We did. Yeah. They show it. Cause they're like, they're like, where, where is he or whatever they like cut to it and he's oh, going that's, up the I escalator. I didn't even notice that. That's funny. So by her, by 22 taking the cat's body, he died. <laughs> he killed the, she killed <laughs> she the cat. So anyway. that's, well, then that should equal the count. The count should be equal now. So, <laughs> Terry oh. can leave us alone. <laughs> so, but but here's well, the was, thing. But like, I, just real quick, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember the cat on the escalator with anyone else. So it was going to cat heaven. That's what I'm wondering. Like if that's the because I was like that's even a, if they a do lot that, of religions crazy. A lot of religions say animals don't have souls, and so like yeah. I wonder if that was their mm. end run of like the cats on the escalator that looked that's like the one hilarious. we saw. But it's going. <laughs> but if it's by itself, you don't know for sure if it's going to people heaven. Or there's a separate animal heaven. Well, let me also tell you there this. There is a pet cemetery. I'll tell you that. <laughs> let me let me tell you this, though, that I just thought about as we're talking about it. Cats have nine lives. So even though I they killed one, yeah. even though they killed uh, one, they didn't necessarily actually kill the cat because they have Batman more lives. Batman Returns taught me that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a pretty clever way that I'm sure they thought through. Was like, anyone oh, that's who a likes funny... to write screenplays knows Save the Cat. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's right. So they the cat. they killed the cat for the gag, like one of the lives, but technically didn't kill it. So that's pretty clever. But this is where we get into the trouble, like what Tom brought up earlier, is that now, okay, so the black character voiced by Jamie Fox is now in a cat uh, after being put in a you know green very clever cleverly animated soul character now he's in a cat and then tina fey a white woman is in his body which looks like a black man so i get where people could have concerns and i'm not saying like well and i, I haven't totally... heard anyone and, and i haven't dug that deeply but i haven't seen anybody saying like don't watch this movie or boycott this sure. movie but i think but i also think it's a it's a fair question to ask because at least the next time a creator finds himself in this situation yeah that might cause them to come up with a different solution somehow sure which is the end of the world right like that's not but i do think i do think in this and this we can leave it after this not harp on it but i do think in this case these are two characters that you've gotten to know we've gotten to know joe and jamie fox's voice in his body for the whole movie and you know and i think that they do a fun body swap thing so it was a a fun concept and it takes them on a wild adventure and i don't it's not like tina fey is portraying a black character like in any kind of an offensive right like like you know the character isn't black it's not blackface like she's still voicing it like tina fey it's just it's a it's a soul swap she just ended up in the in the body of a character who we've already been established she's not being cast as i think where this movie really saves itself in terms of of pissing people off with this issue Mm -hmm. is when he has his the conversation with his mother where he finally talks about like mom that I like I don't want to be a teacher I want to be a jazz musician and you've never really recognized that. It, oh, you get to hear it from his. They they let the camera pan and it swaps and so you hear it how she hears it because the audience hears Tina Fey speaking when when Joe speaks, but the but we know the other characters are actually hearing Joe. Right. Yeah, that's, that's and, and a great so, point. It's just so the character of Tina Fey is when he gets you know. his big dramatic moment, they shift POV so the audience gets to hear it in the way that the mother would hear it, which is voiced by Jamie Foxx. And I think if they had if they had robbed Jamie Foxx of that emotional moment, one, I think it would be a lesser movie. Just period. Like mm-hmm. it's you need to hear that in the voice of of the character. Uh, of the actual character, um, but I th- I think that that probably calmed a lot of people down to be like at least that big emotional moment still got to go to Jamie Fox. Those people that would put that much thought into it, a lot of the people that complain about things aren't even you know I but mean a lot of people. I will even say give some of that. the complaints, I've, most of the complaints I've seen have been like it's still a good movie and it's still worth seeing, yeah. but this is something to discuss. I don't think that's a radical position yeah. to take. No, no, not I, I res- burn Pixar to the ground. <laughs> but that's just, what I mean. Yeah, those kind of conversations are th- totally understandable, yeah. and I love conversation starters like that. It's the people that go off the deep end that complain about things where you're and, like, and I think that the people that are like, um, let's think about this, would be more like burn this bitch to the ground if that if that mm. scene had gone to Tina Fey and not Jamie Fox. And yeah, I think they'd no, be I, right to be perfectly honest. Yeah, no, I think you make a great point though. That does definitely elevates it, and I think it does save it. But to me, I I just think that you know that at this point, if you're gonna say like you know don't watch the movie because of that or it's that offensive, it's like no, the the characters are established. It's a fun adventure with a body swap, and you also you, you're in 
it's tricky because if you're going to say, well, this is a fun body swap story, and then, well, you know, now you've got this movie with a representation, full of representation, where most of the characters are black in right. this movie, and then it's like, well, you know, if we want to tell a body swap story, but we also want to cast different people that look differently in different roles, it's like, well, we don't want to take the roles away from anybody either. Right. So yeah, this because, is the story because we're telling. that is the problem is that if you if you if you if there's too much pushback, then the, the next time the answer is, you know what, we don't want to deal with the BS, just make everybody white. Exactly. Yeah. That's And yep. so that's my yep, main yep, point. Yep. It's like they're telling a diverse, rich story, and you're seeing a black community and black-owned businesses. It's a, she, his mother's a black uh, businesswoman, which, I mean, since what, the pr- Princess and the Frog was the last time when Tiana started that bakery? Like, I mean, you just don't see that in... Yeah. Disney movies that often where you've got a main character that's black and then also you're showing business owners, you're showing different walks of life and all this. And so you've got this rich black culture and this film surrounding all these black characters. And then you get to the body swap and you cast Tina Fey. She's a very funny comedian. And I think she does a darn good job with the emotional beats. I think she yeah. plays the character of 22. Great. She wrote so a lot they, of her lines too, like a lot. of Okay. Oh, that tracks. Yeah. That makes sense. And then they get into a body swap for the zany. This is the fun zany Disney part of it. Is like, oh wow, now he's in a cat, and, and now it's Tina Fey. Not ultimately that big a part of the movie. It's That's maybe I mean. fifteen yes. minutes of the whole movie, and I think that it, makes a difference yeah. too. Like, I think if if eighty percent of the movie had right. been that, I th- I think it would have had a very different feel as well. You know, exactly. It's this. It's this one fun but not super major plot point and you know they go on this wild adventure and then things revert back to normal so i don't think it was offensive and again take it for what it's worth being who it's coming from the three of us but i just think at some point you do have to ask yourself you know what what do you consider offensive you know i think that you have to draw the line somewhere and you're getting all this diversity and everything and it's a great step in the right direction and i just don't think you should cancel it because of something like that. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really have anything else to add. You guys yeah. kind of <laughs> cleared that up real well. Uh, yeah, so they now that they're back on Earth, we get to, 22 gets to experience all of these things that Joe was talking about. That pizza thing. For herself, that pizza is, I mean, because so she's totally right. She's like, never I, tasted. Like, they don't taste or smell or anything. The amazingness of pizza. Yeah. For the first time, you she's know. all her senses are going off like crazy because they don't have those senses in uh, in the the great before, and so right. she's like, "I don't care about this. What is this?" And then, food? then she has it, and she's like, "Oh man!" <laughs> Which yeah. it's interesting if they ever kind of do like a sequel, they can play on that where somehow I don't know somehow they can figure out how to send a soul to Earth to experience those things and be like, "Oh, this is what." This is going to be like, and this then, doesn't feel know. like the like the Pixar movie that they go to for a sequel. No, I think Inside Out would, or Onward, maybe like any of those. They they've milked the Toy Story and Cars thing to death. And Toy Monsters Story Four is really good, though. Yeah. Oh no, I agree. I I agree. Um, but so while she's experiencing all of this, Joe realizes he's got a second chance to get to this show. Unfortunately. He goes and he runs into the musician and 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 the singer, 
and he looks kind of out of it. <laughs> and he, he looks, looks like, like he's talking a to a crazy cat. person. Yeah. He's in a medical gown. I mean, it looks like he escaped an insane asylum. And she, yeah, she's getting out of a cab with the rest of the band. And then he just looks crazy. So she's right. like, uh, was You're that, out. was that teach? And then we find out from Curly that he calls him like, where are you, man? And he's like, she already found a replacement because she thought you were nuts. Like, you know, you were a wackadoo. Yeah. Uh, so now he's trying to get back. And this entire time he's teaching, He's inadvertently teaching 22 about Earth and about life and about yeah. relationships and food. And, and 22 kind of we finally get to the point where they're going to make it. They're going to they're going to swap back. Uh, they know where uh, the Graham Norton character is as a way to get back. Well, they to, find him. They find him. And so like, how do we get back? And he's like, you have to wait until the whatever is in alignment. He's like the 6 p.m. And he was like, oh, God. All yeah. right. I, th- so. I believe you. I believe you call it 530. <laughs> 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 it's, I mean, I love that character. And I think Graham Norton did a great job because he has McDonald's, I mean, is, McDonald's is giving those out as Happy Meal toys right now. That's that that, that, that character. That, that character he's, is like a Happy Meal toy. Right. Oh, that's now. hilarious. Does yeah. it have a sign that spins? When you uh, press a it's button? one side is the, the, the human face. The other side is like the soul face. Oh, OK. Oh, But that would that was that's a fun character, and so they know that they have to meet back with him at five thirty, and so like you said, he's got to be there at seven. Like the, the or like it's the, like a half hour the, before the show. Or yeah, whatever, the, the yeah. mic check is at seven or whatever. Maybe it's six thirty. But you're right. What's really cool is that they, you know, this adventure to get back to the body is also what Joe promised twenty two right. and teaches her about life and and eventually, like we already spoiled at the beginning, she is going to earn her badge because even though they don't realize it, she's finding a purpose and and you know experiencing all these things. Uh, and I thought the two of them had great chemistry together. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed the Joe. Yeah, and I wonder if they did. The their stuff together uh, well maybe not well is this pixar does it is this pre-covid do that but is this pre-covid or is this post i'm sure in the middle of it it, they animate to the voices right so it would have been especially she's gonna write some of her own lines i guess that's true yeah Yeah. i just wonder like sometimes they play better when they're in the same room together and I don't just know, but did feel they're they're really good. And I mean, these are two obviously professional actors. Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey have been around for a long time. Well, and, and they also they know, I think people forget, too, that Jamie Foxx, because his acting career has been so successful, I think they forget that he's he started in the same place Tina Fey did, which is stand up improv sketch comedy. Right. He started oh, on sure. yeah. Living Color. Which, oh yeah, you know, which was the black SNL, and I say that because it was a reaction SNL not having enough black yeah, cast sure. members, and so, um, so like they they have they have similar backgrounds in that regard. So like he was Jim Carrey, there, Chris Rock, are there their token white guy? Yes, yeah, and oh, that's why wow. some people got so frustrated that like there's one white guy on the show and he's the breakout star. I mean, obviously <laughs> there are other breakout stars <laughs> right, for In Living sure, Color, sure. but he was especially in that moment. Was I the one never even thought about that till just now? Yeah. 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 Okay. But yeah. So how out of place at the end of the show. Oh yeah. Standing there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So everything's going according to plan. Unfortunately, 22 has realized it's pretty cool here. And right before they're going to go and everything's going to pop off, she runs away and they kind of have to uh, chase after her. And there's, I'm trying to, how do they get, how does Joe get back into his bot? Do they get back up t- to the place before? Well, he dies again, right? Yeah, is like that they what it is? they go but like they go back to the great before, right? And she gets her earth pass. 
and yeah, and he's and she decides to go back to Earth, and he's like, "No, give me that." And no, and and he's like, "I'll go with you as far as I as far as I can," because they because he doesn't have an Earth pass, so he knows. No, no, he's no, no but but he gets but he gets his own body back at one point because right. he's playing and then in the show. After that, then the the counselors or whatever come to him and say, "We were so inspired by you." We've decided to give you a second chance. I don't think that's the right order, though. Like, it's I think not though, because Joe... that's the very end. But yes. he does he does get back before that um, because he goes to the show and he realizes that he's unhappy, uh, and he goes back to Graham Graham Norton's character and says, "You got to get me back in there." He goes because... into the zone, right? He plays. Yeah, yeah he plays. He, he puts himself in the zone, in the zone. so yep. he can talk right. to. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and then she is she becomes one of these like. Um, creatures that never does find a purpose. Uh, so Joe, she's a lost soul. She's a lost soul. Those so things Joe were has freaky. To, they were freaky, and then Joe has to like fight through all of these different mentors. I was that hoping shot that they'd have down. a nod to Little Mermaid, and we'd see a poor unfortunate soul. Oh. oh, or I was like, a giant penis was going to show up on the <laughs> castle. Oh, right. Giant penises with you. It's all you think about. <laughs> I didn't say about. Gi- That's the first time I said a giant penis. <laughs> I heard you wanted to build a castle made out of them, like on the cover of Little Mermaid. That was your life's purpose that you were working toward. To spark. It's a very difficult. Yeah, it's a as you get older in life, it's just not as sustainable. Uh, so yeah, so he goes so back far, so into. Good. So far, so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's working out all right. Um. So he has to fight through all of these mentors that kind of talked down to 22 and said she'll never be anything. And then, of course, he comes face to face with himself uh, and he breaks through them all. And this is where they they go back to the great beyond and they say, I'll go with you. She gets her she gets her pass and he says, I'll go with you as far as I can go. And that's really touching. Like he knows it's all it's kind of like Bill Bing Bong where he knows that he's not going to make it, but he doesn't. He'll take the he'll, he'll take joy as far as she can go. Not joy. And this is kind of the same. Well, oh, you said joy. Yeah, it's gotcha, kind of the same. Yeah. It's kind of I the gotcha. same. Yeah. Same. Oh, yeah. You know, trope. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were confusing them. No, no, so no. Similar. No. I get you. Yeah, I get you. I read that uh, there were like multiple drafts of this script where Joe dies, where they don't let him make. It I, I mean, I could see it. Yeah, I could see yeah. them it's doing. Pixar, I mean, it's, it's Pixar, I mean, so yeah. it's like, but it's not outside the realm of possibilities. It's a very sweet moment, and I do like like the whole. What it comes down to is that Joe got his big break. And at the very beginning of the movie, again, he said, if I could play with Dorothea Williams, I'll die a happy man. He got to accomplish that dream and got to live his whole life. I mean, not saying that he shouldn't have or couldn't have lived longer, but he did get to live a long life. And if 22 doesn't go to Earth, she's never going to get to live any life other than the one day that she spent with him. So he's like, I've lived my life. You need the chance now. And, And plus, I died. I'm supposed to be dead. Like, that's just how it goes. And so you need to experience your life and i think it's very sweet that he makes that sacrifice knowing that that was the way that it was supposed to play out and then because of that touching movement you know he's on the escalator getting ready to ride up and then counselor jerry or no was it counselor jerry yeah counselor jerry yeah or was it jerry no it was jerry oh it was jerry okay it was so jerry. counselor yeah. jerry tells him that you know no jerry oh jerry sorry jerry yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh call it says that you know we're so moved by this that you we don't usually do this but you're getting a second chance i'm a little offended tell- that you couldn't tell them apart i know i know <laughs> but uh don't tell terry and i love i love that uh i think it was the richard Aote. he's like we got it taken care of the richard Aote, they cut to like a, they do a flash cut to the richard yeah. aody jerry's up there and is like whatever look over there or something and he moves flicks the bead one over yeah <laughs> flicks one over and then terry looks back and like inquisitively at the thing yeah i Which do like pretty, that it's also it's also great 
acting with no face with no faces like yeah. it's just yeah. an outline of a face totally so like you get exactly what's going on i like that moment when after they after terry gets joe back or whatever that terry presents themselves with an award like all the counselors are like we we're giving this award at your <laughs> request or whatever and so right, right, terry right. wants an award for being so great and he but, can have it i guess but then but then i think what they take joe, it away they take it away because joe escapes again i just thought it was it's just funny I love those uh, little moments. Yeah, and then he he kind of he goes back to his life. We never see twenty two again, do we? No, no that's the thing. She's is twenty two goes to Earth, and you never even get like a wink. Like that might be twenty two. Right. You know what I mean? We never. It's just like well, I think the the winkiest thing they could have done is have her or him be in a class, be in one of Joe's classes. Yeah, well, you'd and have to fast forward like t- like ten or twelve years, right? Right, right, right. Like ten years later or so, whatever. But I think that's too. That could have been a sweet moment though, if mm-hmm. if you thought that twenty two was the kid. I don't know. That I mean, I get it. It's fine the way it is, but that could have been cute. I think it's a little yeah. too cute. Yeah, I think it's I too cutesy. Yeah. I, I, I think get to it, see though. each other again, they were such good friends. Like it's just, I think it could have been a sweet moment if if. But they have to erase her memory, right? Like that in theory. I also think I. Yeah, like okay. the yeah, like she was not going to remember any of it, and I don't think he's ultimately going to. Re- he'll remember the lessons, but not the journey. And right. I also think that it would have. We've already seen that ending in another Pete Doctor movie, right? Like this is that's the ending of Monsters Inc. He opens the door and t- oh, to sure. Boo's room. Like that's like mm. I'm, I'm. You know, I mean, we've already gotten that yeah, ending, and sure. so. I think that you know would be a little too on the nose. Yeah, it's great the way it is. Totally, I'm not. Yeah. I, I think it's. I think it's wonderful that you got those sweet moments. Joe got a second chance, and he's like, you know, you don't usually get a second chance. And so the moral, at least one of them, and that I was touched upon earlier, is it's like live every moment of your life. You know, live do, life to the fullest. I do love that line where she tells the story of the fish. Yeah, and she's just like, I want to swim in the ocean. She's like this, is, this is the ocean. She's like, no, this is just water. Yeah, I want. Well, it's like, oh man, it's uh, very reminiscent of a David Foster Wallace essay. Oh, is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, David Foster Wallace did a a graduation speech called "This Is Water," and and he and he uh, starts off talking about how um uh um how like there's two. He's like he he's like oh like I'm obligated to start with an allegory because that's how all these graduation (laughs) speeches work. And he's like, there's two fish fish swimming there's two young fish swimming and an older fish comes swims by and says hey fellas how's the water today and keep and keeps on swimming and finally about two minutes later the one the one young fish turns to the other young fish and says what the hell is water oh and, that's pretty good and then the whole then his whole speech is about um uh like truth and life and uh there's a quote where he says uh the capital T truth is about life before death, right? Like it's the it's the it's the premise of this movie. It's about mm-hmm. the real value of education, which has almost nothing to do with knowledge and everything to do with simple awareness. Yeah, awareness sure. of what is so real and essential, so hidden in plain sight all around us all the time that we have to keep reminding ourselves over and over: this is water. Hmm. Hmm. That's cool. So, I've never heard that one, but yeah, yeah I can definitely see. But yeah, it was a nice moment. I agree. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's a good I, movie. I, I mean, like this I said, is, I thought this was fantastic. Some very minor than last week, I'll tell you that. But yeah, <laughs> but it's like I also like something fun again. Like not that this didn't have fun moments, totally. but like <laughs> something that isn't so like draining. <laughs> I just don't know right. if we're gonna get that, and that's the thing that 
we were talking about earlier is that Pixar. Oh, I was going to make the point that they're kind of like M. Night Shyamalan or Christopher Nolan and the way that they have to keep one up in themselves. Once you become the guy, right? Right. If if you've got M. Night Shyamalan after the sixth sense, that became his thing and he became handcuffed by it. And eventually. And and I think that's why it's maybe it's time to do a do a swerve. Right. Because it's like, you know, they've done so much existential and metaphysical stuff that it's like. You know what next? Yeah, that maybe it's time to 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 dumb it down a little bit and just do something. Yeah, let's know. go do a Looney Tunes. But like, it's like, I, yeah. but that's that's the crux of it, though, is that it's like people expect it now, and they feel. I think that people like M Night Shyamalan or Christopher Nolan that get more and more complicated with their their sci-fi and their time travel and all this stuff. It's like they feel that weight and that pressure to you know outdo themselves time and time again audiences expect it and then now are you going to disappoint people if you don't do it and you know it's that whole like i think they're struggling with that you know which way do they go do they do they one-up themselves do they try to get that next oscar because it's that next level thing or do they just make a cutesy movie uh that's fun and and so i almost feel like pixar's become that and now like you said, like Joe said, Disney is still top tier animation and more of the fun stuff. They can still have lessons, but more of an adventure where Pixar's like become the the deep, you know, the deep moving. Right. Like even films. their mm-hmm. fun ones have have deep mm-hmm. subject matter, and the and they almost all do. Um, yeah. And that's fine. I guess it just meant when the whole thing is just about that, that that can get a lot. And when we were talking about the last fun one, I, I mean, I think we could say Incredibles 2. Like, oh, for people yeah. that are screaming yep. at their Yep, yep, yep. IPhone. It still has amazingly deep lessons. It does. And, and, it, and well, but, that's what I'm saying. It's always a component. Yeah. But I think that's more because they're superheroes. It's more it, it has more flat out fun moments, yeah. too, than, but than something like this does. At least we can all agree though that they are the best at what they do so absolutely even though it is you know sometimes it may feel like it's a little more work than just checking out it seems like it's always worth the journey they're incredible films and what they're doing and saying with this art form is always next level they push it with their animation their storytelling you know it's why they win an oscar almost every year because it's like they're just the best at what they do and and while there's a ton of other great people too it's just like you cannot dispute that pixar is a master at their work absolutely so i guess that uh brings this one to a close let's uh go around the table and everyone can say where to find them this is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. This is Kevin. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And, of course, uh, don't forget our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers, where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and you help us out. So uh, that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, Riley accepts living in San Francisco. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.